Welcome to the Mandates Men's Conference 2021. The Spiritual Man. The message that you're about to listen to today is brought to you by Jesus House London. God bless you as you listen. Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. was licensed as a minister in 1973 at the young age of 15 and has been preaching the good news of the gospel since then. Leading the First Baptist Church since 1989, his principal quest has been to be a catalyst in developing dynamic disciples who will impact the world on behalf of the Lord. Under his leadership, The church has grown from an initial 500 members to an average of 11,000 people who attend weekly services between two campuses. In addition to his role as senior pastor, he is the board chairman for the National Association of Evangelicals, Project Bridges and the Skinner Institute founded in 1982 by the late Reverend Tom and Dr. Barbara Skinner. He also serves as a board member for Denver Seminary, the Greater Prince George's Business Roundtable and University of Maryland Capital Region Health. Please welcome to Mandate 2021, Pastor John Jenkins. Praise the Lord Jesus House. This is Pastor John Jenkins from the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. I know you have no idea where that is. That is outside of Washington, D.C. in in America, in the United States of America. And we're just east of Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. I'm the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden, Maryland. And I'm privileged and honored and very excited to be with you virtually. I wish I could be with you there in London in person to the brothers there at the men's conference of Jesus House. I'm looking forward and believing God that hopefully soon one day I'll be able to visit with you in person. So until then, thank God for technology and the incredible opportunity to share the word of God with you through technology. I'm grateful. I want to send my love and, and gratitude to Pastor Agu Iruku. And if I'm saying that wrong, Pastor, please forgive me. I'm doing the best I can to be able to pronounce it. And I'm hoping to learn it better and uh, be able to pronounce it appropriately if I haven't done it right. I have had the privilege and opportunity to watch uh, your church and your ministry online. And I'm thrilled and honored to be able to come and share uh, this message with you, Pastor, and with the Jesus House and for your men's ministry. I love men. We have a vibrant men's ministry here ourselves. And I have a message specifically targeted toward men today. And I believe it's going to hopefully and prayerfully give you some direction and some hope for your future. So let's, uh, let's begin by praying. Let's pray. Father, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the wonderful privilege that you have given to me to share with the men at Jesus House. Thank you for uh, this wonderful opportunity. Thank you for the pastor who've extended this opportunity to me. And I pray that you would anoint me, not because I deserve it, not because I've earned it, 
But Heavenly Father, I simply pray that you would anoint us to be a mouthpiece for these few moments to speak a, a word into the life of uh, these men. We pray, Father, that their hearts would be open to receive it and that somebody's life would be transformed. Somebody would be, somebody would be saved. Somebody might be delivered. Somebody might get hope and direction for their life. In the precious and mighty name of our resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Alrighty, God bless you. Uh, I want to talk to you from uh, the book of Joshua. I'm sorry, the book of Judges. Forgive me, the book of Judges. And I want to share a word today that was impacting, powerfully impacting in my own life. I want to talk to you about Samson. Uh, here is a man of, of, of God, as it were, at some point in juncture of his life. Samson is... Uh, uh, a man whose story is recorded in the book of Judges, chapter 13 through 16. I'm going to focus in on chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to chapter 14 of the book of Judges. And I want to talk about this man, Samson. I, I suspect that most of you know a lot about him. Uh, I do have a title for this message, but I want to give it to you un, in an unusual way. I want to give it to you at the end of the message. So if you can walk with me through this narrative story as we take a look at lessons we can learn from, some key lessons that we can learn from Samson's life and some of the choices that he made that are profound and significant. Samson is, is uh, a man who has great potential. And this is why I wanted to talk to you about Samson because he's a man that has great and huge potential in his life. God has, has really, really marked out great things for him, just like he has for you. Each of you, every man sitting in this room, every man watching this, this message, God has destiny for you. God has a future for you. It doesn't matter what your past has been, your fears have been, uh, God has a future for you. And I want to talk to you about that today. Here, here's even Samson's life, has, his birth, he was birthed supernaturally. His parents had prayed and asked God for a child, and it's a supernatural birth. And the, the angel has appeared to his parents, and, and um, his birth is an answer to prayer. And, and they made a choice that Samson embraced that they would dedicate Samson to God, that he would be what the Jewish culture calls a Nazarite. He would be a Nazarite. And it, it is important to recognize that because being a Nazarite means that there was a dedication made and a commitment made uh, for three things for his life. I want you to mark, make note of these three things. They are significant things. The first thing is that if he was going to be a Nazarite is that he would not be a drinker. He would not be a uh, he would not drink certain things or be a drunkard. Uh, if you if you uh, look at chapter in chapter 14, uh, it lays out some of those commitments uh, that were made that he would be he would not be a drunkard and he would not cut his hair. He would uh, allow his hair to grow, and the growth of his hair was a signal to others that he he had separated himself to God. That he. He was one who had made a commitment to dedicate his heart and his life to his God. 
It is, it is a significant commitment that he made. So anybody looking at him would know that by virtue of his long hair, uh, his uncut hair, that he was, uh, he was a Nazarite and that he had made a commitment with his life to God. Thirdly, a Nazarite meant that, that he made a commitment not to touch or go near dead bodies, a dead body of anything. He would, he would not get in the vicinity or come close to or touch anything dead. These, these matters are significant and they will play uh, and reveal a significant thing for his future. And I, and I want to talk about that because perhaps some of you have made some commitments to God, uh, some choices, some decisions that you have made uh, in your dedication to God. And, and Samson had made these commitments. His parents had made the commitments. And uh, uh, we, we see through the course of his life, because of these commitments, Samson accomplishes some very significant things. I mean, he does some, some supernatural things. His, his strength that he has the, and the might that God gave him, the supernatural provisions that God gave to him, he accomplishes and does some fabulous things. And, you know, I, I am persuaded, I am convinced and convicted and committed that I know God can do supernatural things through our lives. If we make the right commitment to him, if we, if we, if we obey him, if we flow and walk in obedience to God, he has the capacity, the willingness, the heart to help us achieve great things. And Samson does great things during the course of his life. Uh, he, he, he finds himself... In uh, Judges 15, he, he catches 300 foxes and ties their tails together and attaches torches to them. And those foxes run through the fields of the Philistines and burns down and destroys the Philistines' field. It, God uses him and these 300 foxes to give the Israelites victory over their enemy. It's very substantial. It's very significant. And even when his enemy tried to to tie him up and tied him up in ropes. The supernatural strength that God gives to him, he breaks the yokes. They had the ropes. They had tied Samson down to where uh, they thought he was constrained. The Philistines had, had spoken against him and tied him down. But the Bible says, here's what it says in chapter 15, verse 14. Chapter 15, verse 14 says, that the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax. God gave him power to break the yokes, the, the ropes that tried to, to tie him down. Significant power God uses him. God uses him to take the jawbone of a donkey and kill 1,000 soldiers. Chapter 15 of Judges, verse 15. 1,000 soldiers he defeats. This one man kills a 1,000 men with the jawbone, the, the bones of a donkey. He, he does great and incredible things. Chapter 16, he carries away the gates of Gaza. Uh, and, 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 and in this story today, chapter 14, this is where I'm preaching from today. In chapter 14, he kills a lion. This, this man with his bare hands, and this is what I want to talk to you about today, is about this lion that he killed. He killed a lion. Chapter 14, it says uh, uh, in verse number five, Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. 
And here's what verse, verse 5 says, chapter 14, verse 5. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. I want to spend a few moments and talk about that. That here's a man with great potential, but yet he is shocked and surprised. That's what verse 5 says. To his surprise, a young lion, a young lion, not an old, slow, toothless lion, a young, aggressive, strong lion attacked him, came against him, roaring against him, came to destroy him and kill him. And, and Samson kills the lion with his bare hands. It says in verse number six, and the spirit of the Lord God came mightily upon him and he tore the lion apart as one who would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand, but it. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Here this man is about to be killed by a young lion. And I wanted to talk about this for just a moment because this lion attacks him. And that lion represents the strongholds that many of you and us have in our lives. Many of us have something that come up against us to attack us, to destroy us, to take us out. It represents the stronghold, if we were to be honest. And if we were to tell the truth, many of us today have secrets and have, have activity and stuff that nobody knows about. But yet God knows about it. But it's a stronghold. It is something that comes strong and mighty. It is not an old, slow, toothless lion. It is something strong and mighty and young that comes against him. And it's going, listen, you and I have these things attacking us in our lives. We have strongholds. We have issues and we have challenges and we have temptations and we have problems. Men have challenges. Women do too. But men have challenges. And it is a, it is a, it is a, it's, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a, it's a secret habit, an ugly attitude. It's the foul language that comes out of your mouth. It's an old relationship, old phone numbers. It's, it's some old stomping ground. It's some addiction. It's some sinful attractions. Everybody got something that captures your attention. I, I often tell my church that, that when I walk into the store, the convenience store, there's always cupcakes in there begging and beseeching me because I got a weakness for cupcakes. I have a weakness for hostess cupcakes, uh, to be specific. I don't know if y'all have that in, uh, in Africa, but I, I have a temptation. Oh, I'm sorry, in London. I don't know if you have that in London. But, but I, I have a weakness for the cupcakes. And I'm not supposed to have them because I'm diabetic. I've got, uh, 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 my body doesn't process sugar well. And so I'm not supposed to mess with them. But every time I go in there, it calls my name. Yoo-hoo, hey, it says to me. It's my temptation. It's my stronghold. And if the truth be told, everybody's got something that roars out against you. Those cupcakes are roaring at me. They call my name. When I walk in the store, I hear them beckoning for me to come. What's your cupcake? What's her name? What is it that beckons for you? What is it that you want to do that you have no business doing? That is a downfall that would defeat you. And, and, and tear you down. And if the truth were to be told, we have those issues in our lives. I want to spend a few moments and challenge and talk to you today. It will destroy your future. It will destroy your potential. It will keep you from becoming and doing everything that God has mapped out for you to do in your life. Temptations, those temptations will tear you down. This, this young lion, and it's a strong lion that came against them. But I, I, I want you not to be surprised 
It will try to destroy you. And, and, and yet in chapter 14 right here, what I love about this story, this young lion came against him. But verse six says the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. That's important for you to get, get a hold of that. Get a hold of that, that the spirit of the Lord, the same way the spirit and power of God empowered Samson to overcome this young lion, the same anointing and the same grace and the same power of God will come upon you to help you overcome whatever your young lion is, whatever it is that beckons and calls for you to take you out. And, I, and I, I, don't, I don't even know how to tell you that the fact that the young lion is even in the vicinity of your whereabouts is an indication that the enemy recognized how anointed you might be and how called you might be and that God does have a future for your life. Samson had a great future in front of him and this young lion came to attack him and just like it will come and try to attack you. Oh, yeah, you, you, you and I have something that wants to beckon us and come to take us out uh, and come to defeat us and frustrate us and hold us in bondage. Oh, yes, it's, it's there. It's there. And, and you know what it is. Nobody else might not know about your temptation, but, but we all have something that beckons for us. But here's, I'm, I'm shouting, if I, again, verse 6 calls my name. It says, and the spirit of the Lord God came mightily upon him and he tore the young lion apart. He tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, as though it was nothing, as though it was a, sm a small dog, a, a small goat. It was nothing. He tore it apart. He ripped the, the young, strong lion apart. God mightily come upon him. Oh, I feel a shout coming on me today because I need all of you to understand if you make yourself available, the very presence and power of God will come upon you and help you be more than a conqueror, more than victorious, more than a winner. You can be a winner. You can be victorious. He, God, the spirit of God empowered him to overcome his stronghold. That's, that's the point I'm trying to drive home to you today. That the spirit of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the strength of God, the spirit of God will empower you and help you and encourage you and give you the strength to be victorious. The Spirit of God came mightily upon him and tore it apart, but he didn't tell anybody about it, the scripture says. He had nothing in his hands. And that's really one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to live a holy life, to help you conquer sin and to walk in truth. And if we make ourselves available to the Spirit of God, he will empower us to do that. And so Samson conquered what intended to take him out. And, I, and I, I want to give a shout to you today that the very presence of God will empower you to do the very same thing. Um, but there's a problem that I must continue here that God uh, wanted Samson to be a vic vic victorious person and, and for him to be a winner for all of his life. But there's a problem. Samson had some weaknesses that I want to spend a few moments talking about that he didn't conquer. Yes, he overcame the stronghold and he killed the stronghold. But but here's what the text says. Uh, he he as a matter of fact, I, I, I went I, I didn't tell you ahead of time that he he is on a trip when this young lion comes against him. He's on a trip. And on this trip, he goes and finds a woman of the Philistines to be his wife. He goes to the enemy's camp. 
and finds a woman that he wants to be his, his camp. He goes to the enemy's camp and finds a woman that he wants to be his wife. And, and I wanted to talk about you to you about this here today because one of Samson's weaknesses had to do with his flesh. And his flesh, uh, uh, he saw in chapter 14, look at here, verse 1, chapter 14, verse 1. Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. He, he wanted to marry a, a woman from the enemy's camp. And he based his decision on who he was going to marry solely based on what he saw. I need to spend a few moments talking about that. Because it says right here, he saw a woman, verse 1. He saw her. He, he was attracted by what he's seen. And my brothers, this is what messes a lot of men up. We get, a, we get defeated by what we see. In chapter 16, it says, uh, in chapter 16, verse 1, it says, Samson went to Gaza and saw, he saw a harlot there and went into her. He got defeated by what he saw. And I need to, I, I need to challenge you today, brothers. You got to watch what you put your eyes on and what you see, because it's a dangerous thing to make decisions, uh, to be uh, influenced, to be persuaded by what you see. A lot of brothers have messed up and fallen by the wayside. Because they got aroused, they got tempted just solely based on what she looked like. Yeah, you know, you women, women, women can look fine, but that does not mean it's life. It may not mean that it's what you need to delve with or mess with. Uh, she might have a big butt and big breasts, but does, does she have some brains? She, she might have a cute face, but does she have character? She might turn a good trick, but does she know how to tell the truth? It's my challenge for you to hear today. My challenge to all of you here today is don't go by what you see alone. A lot of brothers have gotten entangled in the wrong relationships and with the wrong people and doing the wrong things solely based on what they saw. He based, if I was going to make a point, that, that's my point. That's my, that's my first challenge today. Don't make decisions based on what you see. He chose a wife based on what he saw. He slept with a harlot based on what he saw. And, and men, we are aroused by what we see. The Bible is trying to challenge and tell us what you see is not how you ought to make your choices or your decisions. He made these choices and decisions uh, based on what he saw. And it led to his disobedience. And so here he's on his way to get this woman and on his way he comes across this lion that attacks him and he kills the lion and then he kills the lion and he goes uh, and uh, talks to the woman verse 7 he went down and talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well he, he, after he saw her he talked to her and verse 8 follow me verse 8 of chapter 14 and after some time when he returned to get her he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Stick a pin right there. Hold up for just a second. So now he's on his way to get this woman that he saw, that he talked with. And, and he wants now to take her to be his wife. And while he's walking back, verse number eight says, he, 
uh, when he returned to get her, he saw the carcass of the lion, the lion that he had killed previously. He saw this lion. He, he, he saw the carcass of the lion, the remains of the lion. And the scripture says he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. The, 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 the lion's body was dead, but the remains were there. But bees and uh, the, the, the honeycomb uh, that had been formed in the carcass of the lion. And, 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 and he looked at it. He stopped and saw this carcass with the bees and the honey in the lion. He saw the honey in the lion. He saw the bees and the honey of the lion. A swarm of bees in it. And verse number nine says, he took some of it in his hands and went along eating. He reached down. Remember now, don't forget, he is a Nazarite and he's not supposed to touch anything dead. But something about what he saw captured his attention. He, there he is looking again. He saw it. He saw it. And, and I believe he not only saw it, it was not only what he saw, it might have been what he smelled. It might have been what he was attracted to. He wanted the honey. And the scripture says he did something he was not supposed to do. He reached down in the carcass of the lion and took the honey out of the lion. I'm talking to somebody here today. I want you to get this point. This is a very uh, important point that he was disobedient. But he sought, listen, write this down. He sought pleasure in something that was dead. He sought pleasure. He tried to get satisfaction. He tried to get pleasure out of something that was dead. He wasn't supposed to touch anything that had died. But let me hold, let me tell you something. This goes beyond just the dead body. There's a deeper message here. There's some stuff. Listen, get this right here, brothers. There's something that God has enabled you to kill in your own life. God has enabled you to conquer in your own life. God has given you the anointing and the grace to get the victory over that sister, over those drugs, over that habit, over that attitude. Whatever your issue is, he gives you victory over it. But now he comes back at another juncture of his life and tries to get pleasure out of something that God had given him the power to kill. I don't know if y'all hear what I'm saying to you today. Some of you are traveling down a road and doing some things you shouldn't be doing and going places you shouldn't be going, trying to get pleasure out of something God has taken out of your life. It's gone. But now you're coming back trying to get that one last hit, that one last pressure, that one last go around, that one last pleasure out of it. It's a dangerous thing, my brothers. I'm trying to tell you, leave it alone. I'm trying to tell you with all of the strength and power and might within me, within me, all that I can to tell you, don't go back to the stronghold. Don't go back to that which God has given you the victory over. Don't go back and try to get pleasure. God gave you the victory. You conquered it. You're out of it. It's over. You've defeated it. You're a winner. Don't go back and try to get pleasure out of it again. But yet that's what he did. He reaches down and for a moment, this is a weakness of Samson. He has a moment of weakness and he, he yields and gets, seeks to get pleasure out of something that is dead in his life. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. I wish I could jump in your face right there in London at the Jesus house. And I wish I could tell you today and challenge you today to leave, matter of fact, here's my message. Here's the title, leave the honey alone. Leave the honey 
alone. Don't mess with it. Don't, don't deal with it. Don't, don't smell it. Don't kiss it. Don't touch it. Don't, don't play with it. Don't, don't sniff it. Don't squeeze it. Don't snort it. Don't shoot it. Don't look at it. Don't listen to it. Don't lay on it. Don't holler at it. Don't hump on it. Don't hang on out with it. Don't walk with it. Don't walk by it. Don't taste it. Don't lick it. Don't kiss it. Don't blow on it. Don't call it. Don't date it. Don't marry it. Don't buy something for it. Don't write it. Don't email it. Don't text it. Don't page it. Don't instant message it. Don't cry over it. Don't visit it. Don't check on it. Don't drive by it. Don't bleep it. Don't tweet it. Don't Facebook it. Leave it alone. Don't mess with it. Take your hands off. Don't go in the vicinity. Don't try to get pleasure out of something that God has killed in your life. My God, I, I hear the Holy Ghost talking to somebody here today. To eat it is going to spell, spell defeat. It's going to mean frustration. It's going to conquer you. He, he dipped in and took some of the honey and, and ate it while he was going along. The, trying to get pleasure one last time. It's going to smell your defeat. It's going to spell your defeat, brothers. With everything that's in me, with all that I have in me. I, this is my message to you today. This is the thing that God has called me to say to the brothers. Identify what your issue is. Identify what it is that God wants to give you the victory over. What he wants you to be, what he wants you to conquer. What it is that he has given you the power to conquer. And once he gives you the power to conquer it, leave it alone. Leave the honey alone. That's the saying here in the United States of America. I want to bring it over to London, England. I don't know if y'all ever heard it before, but leave it alone. Leave the honey alone. Leave the stuff alone. Leave the, that which is pleasurable alone. Walk by it. Leave it alone. Don't mess with it. Overcome it. Live holy. Be pleasing and acceptable in the sight of the God that we serve. Leave it alone. Somebody say, well, how do I leave it alone? That's why we serve Jesus. That's why we bow down to him. That's why we humble ourselves to him. That's why we serve him. That's why we love him. That's why we read his word. That's why we pray to him. That's why we devote, have our devotions to him. He gives us power, the power of Jesus Christ. He gives you power to do the right things, power to make the right choices, power to walk in the right way, power to say no to the devil and no to temptation. He gives you power to say yes to God. And if we humble ourselves before God, he will give you an anointing and power just like he did to Samson. The Spirit of God came mightily upon him and gave him the victory to defeat the lion that came against him. I don't know what's coming against you, but whatever it is, the God we serve will and can give you the victory to more than conquer it. And so it is my challenge, my word, my heart, my assignment from God today to challenge you and press you, pray for you and encourage you to know you can be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves us and cares for us. My challenge for you today, my word for you today, today is to leave it alone. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of the Lord, I pray for these men to walk in holiness, to walk and overcome the lions, the young lions that seek to destroy conquer them and take them out and defeat them in areas of their life I pray almighty God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that your power and might would move mightily upon their life and do a great thing in their hearts 
and a great thing in their souls and in their minds. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And for more information, please visit our website at jesushouse.org.uk and follow us at Jesus House on all social media platforms. May God bless you.